Hello and welcome to Clamp, the weekly podcast where we discuss all things related to creating, living, and making projects. I'm the host, Grant Alexander, and joining me as always is Adam Mackey. And this week, we are pleased to introduce the newest member of Clamp. You may know her from the over 580 Instructables she has written, garnering a whopping 92 million views. Some say she's the queen of instructing people and likes to get jiggy with embroidery. Others say she's just a geek at heart. Welcome, Jesse Ratfink. My entire embarrassing internet life is alive here. <laughs> right. Well, not all of it, because uh, Live Journal, you you really did delete, but I found everything else. Um, <laughs> anyway, so people don't know I'm an investigator, uh, and I like to vet my guests. Um, anyways, welcome. And uh, thank you. You know, I ha- thank you for joining us. And I want to, you know, why don't you give everyone uh, a little short history about your- this entire episode? Actually, is going to be about you. So instead of you giving a little short history, we're going to get right into it. Who are you? What do you do? Tell all of our listeners about the newest host of Clamp. Uh, so I am Jesse Ratfink. Uh, I live in the mountains of Colorado, and I work from home for. Autodesk, Instructables, and Tinkercad. I've been working there for a decade now, which is crazy. Um, and I've been posting on Instructables for 16 years. So yeah, making is kind of my whole life and <laughs> has been for a really long time. So making's been your life. Can you tell us a little bit about what got you into making in the first place? Curiosity, probably more than anything. My grandfather had a whole shop in his garage with like a metal lathe and all of the woodworking tools ever. And I just thought that was really cool. And my grandmother was an amazing quilter. So I learned a lot of stuff about that from her. And yeah, I just always thought it was really neat how people could create something out of nothing. And I got really addicted to it really fast. So how many metal lathes do you own? None. None? <laughs> uh, I wish. I wish I had one. That would be really cool, but sadly none. Maybe one day if uh, Amazon Associates program will come back to Colorado. You, you know what? You just got to start making YouTube videos and then people will send you stuff for free. Yeah, but there's like terms and conditions and things they want from me for that. And I'm not all about that. <laughs> Can't you like make an Instructables contest where the prize is that and then just make yourself win? <laughs> <laughs> no, even though I have had people uh, say that I did that in the past. It's actually a lot harder yeah, than you would think. <laughs> How about you let us know what is your um, your first project that you really feel like you you said, I'm a maker now. What was that? What was your, like, your, your, I'm a maker? Because you've been, like, 16 years on Instructables. That's a, that was a long time ago that you said, I'm a maker. I can do this, and other people need to know. Probably. So I made, I think it might have been my first Instructable was, so they used to have these things, large print encyclopedias. freaking gigantic. I mean, they're, like, over a foot tall, probably a foot wide. And so I made a shelving out of those, uh, which sounds really weird, but it was basically just like L bracketing the books together in a cube and stacking them. But I think that was probably my first big thing that I got excited about and actually shared. Uh, So yeah, probably, probably that. And I mean, I had those for years. 
I think I only got rid of them when I moved to like Oakland. So yeah, they, they served me well for a long time. <laughs> oh, that's, that's really fun. Now it seems like books play a big theme in your life. Uh, can you tell us about a couple, maybe some of the projects that you've made that include book books? Uh, so I guess the two major ones was a book headboard I made back when I worked at Half Price Books a really long time ago. Um, but I sort of, there are all sorts of like trash books in the world. People don't like to hear that. Mm. But uh, yeah, so I just would steal the most colorful, prettiest ones, steal all the covers, <laughs> and I turned those into a headboard. Um, and that was another thing that I probably used for over a decade. And it was just like a piece of super thin plywood with books glued onto it. And that was nice. all it was. Uh, and then the other one, I actually made a table for the bookstore that had legs made out of like Reader's Digest books, just because we were always drowning in those, uh, which meant it was a little like wobbly <laughs> and weird. But uh, I don't know, people liked it. We had our, like our gift cards, like half price books and gift cards making up the tabletop. So we were branded and it was books and yeah, I got extra credit at work for that one. I did. So when you sent that one over, um, I was looking at it and I was like, how sturdy is this little table? How did you make this sturdy? <laughs> so the answer was you didn't. So <laughs> no, it, Yeah, it definitely wasn't. It was very, it was very, yeah, it was kind of like one of those wobbly wavy men. It, it moved a lot, but like it was so heavy, it wouldn't tip over. It just wobbled. Yeah. Another thing that you like to do. If, is embroidery. And can you tell us how you got into that and where you went with it? Uh, so that was something I learned from my grandmother, my mom's mom. Uh, along with quilting, she did all sorts of embroidery. Um, she made a whole quilt top that was all 50 states, the birds and the flowers, um, just all sorts of crazy, complex projects. Uh, and I, yeah, I've basically made a pretty big business out of it. Over the last few years, I think I have like almost 850 sales on Etsy. Um, I used to do a lot of custom work. So people would ask for me to, you know, drop a quote or drop like I I did a lot of like campers and flowers. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Random stuff like that for people. Uh, but that got kind of overwhelming because embroidery takes a super long time. And I sort of decided to give that up. And now I just sell embroidery patterns, which is a little bit easier since I have like all the instructional materials made that people need. So yeah, right now it's just uh, patterns, but I used to do a lot of embroidery, a lot of weird embroidery, a lot of embroidery with swear words and talking about drugs and <laughs> sort of, uh, I don't sketchy, <laughs> sketchy embroidery. I always, I always love seeing when you combine the like, like clear, like embroidery is a, an older skill, and you generally think when you think about it, it's like with knitting, you think like your grandma's doing it, right? And I love to see this like, you know, embroidery or knit stuff where that has like swear words in it because mm -hmm. I always think that's really funny to see like a knit sweater with like fuck you. And it's just like, <laughs> that's a great, that's a great knit sweater. Like somebody took a lot of time to, to write out a swear word in that. I love it. 
Mm-hmm. Well, and people do overall, like they really do. One of my best sellers before I got taken down, I made, so I really like trailer park boys and I made an embroidery that was yes. ship birds of a feather flocked together. <laughs> um, and I sold so many of those for a really long time. Uh, but trailer park boys actually like, I guess, copyright striked me on Etsy. Oh, no way. And their proof that this thing belonged to them. They just sent a picture of Jim Leahy. That was all it was. <laughs> Whatever. I'm not going to contest that. <laughs> oh, that's, that's too bad. You know what? I, they seem like really good guys. I'm sure if you had just asked for permission, it would have been fine. Probably, but like, I don't know. Etsy is so weird about that stuff. I was yeah. just like, okay, all right, that's fine. I won't sell it. D- Disney is really bad like that too. Don't ever try and make anything mm-hmm. Disney. You will get sued instantly. It's insane. So I remember the last time we were on, you in the background had, and if people have never recorded a podcast, they may not understand, but when you're recording, the the visuals go a little bit, I like to call it potato or pixelated. Um, and in the background, I saw a what I thought was Nicolas Cage, but it wasn't Nicolas Cage. I think it was Ruth Bader Ginsburg. <laughs> <laughs> Or it was the opposite. I can't remember. But, uh, yeah, uh, you thought it was Ruth Bader Ginsburg, but it was actually Nicolas Cage. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah. So it was the <laughs> other way around. Right. And I just, yeah, that was a good time. I think, yeah. did you ever do an R- RBJ to just make up pattern just for fun after that? No, I never did. Um, but she has some good quotes that I could probably put flowers around if I ever get motivated again. <laughs> right. I want to switch gears a little bit. Why did you want to join Clamp? Um, I mean, I'm a podcast nerd, so I think that's like the first thing. Because I live in like a super remote place and I work at home, I listen to podcasts all the time. Um, so yeah, I guess now I get a chance to be a part of one. And I mean, if there's anything I know, it's making. So like, why not <laughs> this subject? It's like either going to be making gardening or horror movies, probably. So. This is a good one, I think. Right. Well, and, you know, you could put all those in our podcast because we, <laughs> we made it really, really, really broad to encompass whatever we wanted to talk about that week. Um, you know, so I got a question. Do you listen to podcasts on a speaker or in headphones? Headphones most of the time. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Even when you're by yourself in your office working yep. away. Headphones. <laughs> When you have giant dogs like I do, there's a lot of licking and weird noises <laughs> that <Okay>. they're making. <laughs> so, yeah, I tend to do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Fair. So how many pets do you have? Uh, I have three. Um, Charlie, who is a Rottweiler, and he just turned five. Very exciting. Uh, Sadie, who is two, and she's a St. Bernard. And they're both around like 115, 120 pounds. Um, and then I have Luna, who is a cat, and I think she's 12, 11 or 12 years old now. Oh, very wow. tiny, very grumpy, judges everyone. Yeah. That's that's what cats are, right? Mm-hmm. Is that is, it, is that cat pounds. the <laughs> Yeah, they're almost as big as me. My dog my dog's 70 pounds, and I thought that was big. Yeah. Yeah, we well, and we actually have kind of like small versions of a Rottweiler in the Saint Bernard. Like, we always get told that Sadie's very petite, 
So like, mm. they're not even as big as they could be, but they still take up probably half of our couch at all times. Insane. Have you ever made anything for your pets? Yes, <laughs> a lot of stuff. Um, so our old dog, Roscoe, who passed away a few years ago, he made it to 13 years old. Um, but he started getting like a little heavy in his older age and his joints were sort of messing up. So I made him the fanciest like orthopedic dog bed. And I was really proud of that because he used it all the time. Um, oh, so I nice. made, oh, the cat tent. So uh, the cat tent is one of my biggest instructables, um, which is basically just a t-shirt over like a wire hanger frame that's like inserted in cardboard as a base. My cats love that. That was a big one. Uh, and then, yeah, I've, I've made Luna wear, like, a bow tie. I made her a shark fin for Shark Week. Yeah, she's had to wear a lot of stupid stuff <laughs> over the years. I love how in your Instructables about the cat tent, you show as the materials that you're going to use an Instructables t-shirt, and then you don't use an Instructables t-shirt for the actual Yeah, well, um, it turns out that my torso is way too small for like enough material to make that tent. Yeah, uh, I thought that it would work, and then it was like, oh, yeah, they can't even get in this. So we had to, I think we actually went to like CVS and bought that yellow tie-dye shirt for like $5. Nice. Um, no, actually, I was thinking when you're talking about embroidery and stuff, have you thought about um, like rug tufting and that? Have you ever tried that? I really want to. I feel like that's Because I feel so like it's just, it's just a big version of embroidery, right? I could just yeah, imagine like, like all of your embroidery stuff, like you make it all into rugs, people would go nuts for it. People go crazy for shit, hey. Yeah, they really do. And so there's something in embroidery called punch needle embroidery, which is sort of the manual version of those rug tufting guns that everybody's using mm. now. Right. And I tried it and I was real bad at it and I haven't ever went back to it. <laughs> but it does like it does make really interesting textures. It looks really cool, but man, I was bad at it. I was like making holes in the fabric. I was so bad at it. I'd really love to get into rug tuffing. I reckon it looks so cool. Yeah, I watch videos all the time on Instagram and TikTok over that and like I've never made one. I don't have any of the supplies, but it's so mesmerizing. I'm going to steal uh, a question that gets asked a lot on another podcast uh, that our friends do called Making Our Way. It's the three tools question. And this is, so the way they set it up is if you're going to restart your shop, what's the first three tools you'd get? Um, but you can, you can take it any way you want with, you know, what's the, what's the three tools that if you were tomorrow going to restart your making career, what would you do? Uh, an industrial sewing machine, number one, because okay. I love them. Uh, probably a Juki. Yeah, definitely in an industrial sewing machine. A what? So, <laughs> which the brand or the sewing machine? <laughs> yeah, what's it? The brand. Tuki? So it's J-U-K-I, oh, and it's a brand. Oh. Um, I, I don't remember. I, I think it might be Japanese. But yeah, it's they're basically giant metal industrial sewing machines that you can sew leather on and do all sorts of awesome stuff. And it has like a great foot pedal that feels really nice when you use it. Um, well. And then probably a miter saw. I mean, you, you always need one of those. And 
Unless you have a table saw, then you definitely put you know what? Actually, yeah, let's switch it. Let's say table saw because that is one of the tools I've never been able to own because I've always been in a really small place. And I could get one of those now, and that would be great. Uh, and then I, I don't I think know it's funny that you take thing. like a circular saw and attach it to an arm. That's your choice of tool that you can only use for one thing. <laughs> no ripping, nothing. Just. Just cutting boards to length. That's all I can do. <laughs> yeah, that that's yeah, that's all I've had for years. I definitely need to upgrade for sure. And then for the last one, I don't know. Probably a nice drill press. Oh, yeah. Oh, interesting. Nice drill press because I feel like I'm always trying to drill very straight and doing it really badly. So yeah, drill press. Hmm. So you drill badly. That's the thing. Yeah. That everyone. All yeah, I'm an overthinker. Yeah, I like. I start trying to anticipate where it might end up, and I'm like moving the drill too much. Yeah, it's it's messy. <sighs> all right, I don't know. There's people who are going to be thinking a lot of things about that answer. Um, <laughs> I probably will. I don't know. All right. So, uh, going back to headboards, one of the things I saw is that you made a plant hanging headboard. Um, is yeah. that what replaced the book headboard? Yeah, it is. Uh, the book headboard didn't quite make the move from California to Colorado. It kind of got broken a little. Uh, huh. Some of the spines ripped. <laughs> so, I decided it was finally time to retire it. Um, and we're still using the plant headboard I made today. Um, the only difference okay. is that I switched out one of the plants in the photos for uh, a spider wart instead of a pothos. That's the only difference. But yeah, it's basically a wooden curtain rod. <laughs> like it's, I don't know, maybe five or six feet up the wall. I can't even remember how high I put it now. But yeah, you basically mount it and then you can just hang plants on it. Uh, and I would also like to say for the record that we have not been attacked by any spiders in the middle of the night, which is what everybody told me was going to happen if I put plants above my head. When how, I do you, oh. how do you know? Well, I haven't had any bites. <laughs> I feel like spiders always bite me. So either they crawled in my mouth or they left me alone. I was going to say they crawl in your mouth. Yeah, they probably crawled in my mouth, but I didn't know. And so yeah. it's okay. When I saw plants hanging over the bed, all I thought was, you're going to spill water on the bed. Oh, but, yeah. I do but, that sometimes, for sure. Okay. Yeah. We have a yeah. plant hanging over my head, and my my side of the bed's always wet. I can always tell my wife's wet the water the plants. <laughs> yeah, I, I thankfully do pretty good with it, and I have them in planters that have, like, plugs in the bottom so that they don't leak. But, man, sometimes I go to water and I just, like, water right on top of a leaf and it just goes everywhere. So, yeah, that <laughs> happens. So, you like plants then? Oh, yeah. Because you have a big have... plant behind you. Yeah, that's my tree. I love her. She's beautiful. She was, like, super tiny when I got her. Um, I think she's, like, four years old now. Um, but, yeah, I have probably It's a bit potatoey, but is it a special tree? No, it's uh You are in Colorado. <laughs> yeah. It is it's a Schiflera. So I think sometimes it's called an umbrella tree. Oh. But, yeah, Here it's not anything special, but I like it. Here in Canada we had a show called Under the Umbrella Tree 
and it was like for kids and they had a, an umbrella tree and like their puppets would talk under the umbrella tree. I don't know <laughs> if you're Canadian and grew up in, in the nineties, like I did, then you might remember that show. And that's the end of that anecdote. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm Googling cause I want to see what it looks like. <laughs> I have, I don't know. Um, any, anyways, don't don't Google it. Um, I've noticed in following you on uh, Instructables over the years, I've noticed that you do a lot of food related mm-hmm. uh, Instructables. Are you a big foodie? Are you big into making food, or do you just like to make Instructables so you're cooking anyways? Might as well make <laughs> it. No, oh, I mean, yeah, I'm pretty obsessed with food. Like, I I grew up always having, like, a home-cooked meal every night at home. And my grandmother was an amazing cook and my mom. So, yeah, I learned a lot of stuff from them. And I've always cooked for myself because I've been, like, poor until, like, the last okay. few years. So, yeah, I really like food. I like making food. I like making food for people. Yeah, I, that's pretty much almost all of my food instructables I made when I was still working in San Francisco because we had this amazing test kitchen at instructables. So yeah, I spent all my time feeding people pretty much. <laughs> so like there would be days where I would knock out like two or three recipes. Well, I know your biggest instructable getting almost 10 million views is the uh, perfect oven sweet potato fries. Yep. Yeah, that I was my claim I, to fame. Yeah, I I had my uh, wife make them that way, and they turned out really, really good. So because yeah. I don't I don't do cooking, I don't like it, <laughs> I don't enjoy it at all. It's like I don't understand. There's like weird things that I will never, ever, ever pay for, and cooking is one of the things I will. If the first thing I would do if I was rich was never pay, like never ever make another meal. Never. <laughs> I mean, I could kind of get behind that. Like, food always tastes better when somebody else makes it. Like, I think I would also want somebody else to make me food if I got super rich. Fair. What is your favorite food then? Because it's not going to be your 10 million sweet potato fries, it's going to be something else that you really love. Um, honestly, probably my mac and cheese recipe which is something i can't really eat (laughs) like it it will kill me but it is so good um yeah it's based off the like old school fanny farmer cookbook from like the late 1800s and Mm. yeah that recipe is a banger it is so good what is your favorite instructables you've made I think maybe the so I made a appetizer that was a human torso, which sounds really strange. Um, but yeah, I, I made like the skin out of salmon. I put a bunch of like dips and different things in for the organs. Um, I used puff pastry for the ribs and the base of it. Uh, I had sloppy joe intestines in there it was it was really like it was like a whole day of work or maybe two days because yeah. i yeah i cooked a bunch of this stuff the day before and then i took it into the instructable's office and like assembled it all day wow. and it was worth it 
<laughs> it was really gross and awesome. And you you did this and then served it to your coworkers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly my You're coworkers, like, but actually I think that maybe we had fancy business people come. Yeah, no, that's what it was. We actually had fancy business people. I don't even know who they were because we had just been bought by Autodesk recently. And so, yeah, there were people coming in and I'm pretty sure that it was served to them the next day. So I, I do wonder what they thought about that. I had forgotten. Wow. That seems like to me like the way to get fired, but clearly <laughs> like you're like, Oh, Hey, Hey guys, I'm a serial killer. I've made a human <laughs> torso for you to eat, but I mean, thankfully, Instructables has always, like, embraced the weird. Otherwise, I don't think I would have ever gotten a job, considering I also posted that Barbie doll electric chair. And, yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, but the Ewax marshmallow things. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, those Ewax marshmallows. And then the uh, Jello shot. Urine samples, those those were big too. People like those. People are weird. <laughs> they really are, especially when it comes to Halloween. Like the amount of strange stuff I've been able to post and get away with and get like tens of thousands of views on is kind of astounding. If, if so for people who don't know, we're not an interview show, but we felt it was really good to try and have an interview show. And this is why we're not one because it's really hard. I think <laughs> to interview someone. And if anyone listens to like, you know, uh, digitally creative and the, or because we make when Vincent was interviewing people, uh, it's a skill that I don't have. And what I, what instead, what I have is the ability to just talk about a random subject and talking about someone else. I feel bad, like weird. Cause like, I, I know a lot about a lot of people and I don't know how much they want out in the real world. <laughs> so I, I could ask questions that are like really specific to, you know, 2004 Jesse Ratfink uh, that she doesn't no, probably talk about want. That. <laughs> exactly. So <laughs> uh, I don't know where to go with these. This is a problem with like doing too much research up top. But you gotta if you're gonna have a new person on the on the on your podcast, you should really, really do your research. That's what I'll say. Yeah. Um, little tip to help with that. Stop fucking investigating our guests. <laughs> well that's then you won't have things that you want to talk about that you don't know if you can talk about. Well, hold on. <laughs> Everyone loves the little thing I come up with at the front of the podcast. Yes. I get that from the investigations. <laughs> And oftentimes, only the person who hears it and the person who I'm right, I'm speaking about will even get the inside jokes I'm putting in there because they probably don't have their hotmail from 2003 still public. Yep. But but they'll get it if they know it. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, beyond Instructables, why don't you talk about things you've done outside of your job? Or is everything, do you make everything into your, like, do you just like, oh, well, I guess I got to put it on Instructables. I guess you kind of do. She got 580 Instructables. So. I kind of You're like that, someone yeah. trying to make a YouTube channel. It's just like, if I'm going to make it, I may as well make a video. Yeah. 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 There's, there's not a lot of stuff that 
I do that it wasn't documented either for like my embroidery business or through instructables. Um, yeah, I mean, okay, I- what 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 do you enjoy <laughs> doing that is not work or making? Yeah, uh, manual labor, which sounds really weird, <laughs> but. I really like working in the yard or like right now in winter, I'm always like either shoveling snow or snow blowing it. I really like getting outside and being active. And I also work out a lot. Like that's, that's probably one of my like biggest hobbies. And I have kind of like a little tiny gym in our garage with a rowing machine and our recumbent bike and uh, a hula hoop because hula hooping is awesome. So yeah, I do a lot of that, and I watch a lot of horror movies. <laughs> so, like, yeah, I I haven't done a lot of crafting or making in a long time just because I spend so much of my time talking about it online. I don't know. It, it got kind of burned out for a little bit, and I'm waiting for it to kind of that feeling. spark again. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's what happens when you you obsessively document everything you do. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I really overdid it. I mean, I built up like 10,000 followers on Instagram and I was doing sales all the time and I was like documenting every single step of that. It was too much. And so now I just yeah. post about my dogs and my plants and snow and that's it. <laughs> I want to give all of our listeners a chance to ask you any questions they have. So what we're going to do is have for the next couple of episodes – um, we're going to have a little section that's like, ask Jesse Ratfink and, uh, and it's cause we've run out like of that. slang words. Um, and we're gonna have have that. And, and the best part is I did not ask if this was okay. I'm making this up <laughs> on the fly. It's happening now. So if you have questions, uh, write to us on, uh, the clamp Instagram or write to either Adam or myself directly. You can obviously write to Jesse if you want to directly, but if you want us to ask the question on the air and catch her off guard, write to either direct, just write to me. And, uh, and that way we can ask the questions, uh, and she doesn't know what the question is. We won't tell her ahead of time. We're going to do a couple for the next little while. That's what our, uh, fun uh, little uh, bit we're going to be doing. So I do have a slang in- word for this week, but okay, well that's good because we don't have any questions yet. Exactly. Um, so okay, before we move on to thanking our amazing patrons, who is your favorite creator that does clamp host? Right that 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 writes. Yeah, your favorite creator that hosts a podcast. No, your favorite creators. <laughs> you know, you can do more than one if you don't want to offend too many people that make Instructables posts. Because you see them all. I don't know if you see every one of them. But you see a lot of of people making. Yeah. So. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a hard one. Because, yeah, there's so many. Um, I really like everything that Once Upon a Workbench puts out. Yeah. Um, because yeah, it's very nerdy and fun and super detailed. I really enjoy everything that he does. Um, Moon on Our Nation is one of our authors who does a lot of really cool uh, like electronics and Arduino projects. And uh, okay. the documentation is always really good and looks nice on social. I like them. Uh Mike Asaris, 
really love him. He's a coworker, past coworker. He actually worked for Instructables for a long time. And he is probably one of the most creative people that I know. And I just, all of his projects are so off the wall and random and super fun. And yeah, okay. so I really like his stuff. What Name one of the projects from all three of these people. We'll stop there. And we'll say that you had so many more that you wanted to say, but so I think it's Donovan from Once Upon a Work, Once Upon a Workbench. What, what's your favorite of his? Um, honestly, probably the Legend of Zelda Playhouse. That he yeah, built. that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, that. I mean, just the amount of detail that went into that, all the like special touches. Oh my god, I loved that. That was amazing. Right. All right. Next two. Okay, so Moon on Our Nation, I'm actually Googling because I'm so bad at remembering, but he put together a list of sort of like graphical elements that you could use in your Arduino, like coding or, you know, LCDs or whatever. Oh. I That one was great. I really liked that one just because it's, I don't know, I really like it when people publish something that is like a, a how-to guide that is going to be useful over and over and over again. And I, yeah, his documentation is so good. And I love the examples that he shares. And then, so for Micasaurus, probably the giant folding pocket knife. Uh, that one was ridiculous. Uh, and it was a lot of fun to see it come together. And it was fun to see people yeah. react to it. So a close second, um, do y'all know the comedian Gallagher? Yes. The watermelon smashing guy? Watermelon. Yeah, so he made a giant mallet when we were still at Pier 9 in San Francisco, and we went over to a warehouse next to work and smashed a bunch of stuff and filmed it in slow motion. That was also pretty fun. That does sound fun. All right. Well... That sounds like awesome. Everyone should go check those people out and uh, you can check them out on structables and they, I don't know if everyone else, I know once upon a workbench, I think he's got YouTube. I don't, the other two people I got to go check. Micasaurus sounds familiar. Like I might've read some of his instructables over the years, but moon, moon on our nation. I've never heard of before. So I'll have to check that out. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're so good, but it, it's very like tech focused is what he posts. Yeah. So it's, you know, different from what I normally like of it. Oh, good documentation. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's good. So documentation is key when it comes to writing instructables, obviously. Oh yeah. 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 When you look at hundreds, sometimes thousands of them a week, like, oh yeah. It really has to be like readable and organized. Or I'm just sort of like, oh no, I can't do this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I went to engineering school and the only A I got was in this class called English for Engineers. And the entire, it was like a class of how to write instructions. That's what English for engineers was. And I just, I looked around the class and went, I'm in the, this is too easy. I'm in the wrong class. And I was, I wasn't an engineer clearly because I didn't end up finishing it. But I was like the only one going like, what are we learning anything here? And apparently (laughs) everyone else was or wasn't because they'd never end. But yeah. English for engineers. It's for these really amazing people couldn't write instructions if you paid them. And yeah, and I saw there's it a lot more like, to it. Yeah, there's so much more to it that people don't realize. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah. Well, I, I, 
you know, I, before we go into the Patreon people, is there anything that you want to share with our listeners? And then we'll do the Patreon clamidation slang of the week. <laughs> Not really. Uh, Not really. Yeah, okay. I'm just nervous and excited to be here. Yeah. <laughs> really it. No, it's, it was so, for, for those who didn't realize we didn't record last week, we were like all set to record and then Adam got COVID. Um, and, and obviously like, Sorry. We were like, uh, no, it's all good. We were going to report on Wednesday, and then he's like, oh, I'm feeling like crap. Like, okay, we'll push it to Thursday. And I was also sick. And I was like, yeah, let's push it to Thursday. And the Thursday was like, oh, we're, I'm still like, no, I'm not, I'm not doing it. I was like, oh, you want to push it to Friday? And then it was like, no, you know what? We're apparently going to push it for another week, which is, uh, you know, uh, I'm glad difficult. we did because I still to this day feel sick. Yeah. And, and it was still, it was a so. difficult decision because we'd taken two weeks off. So for all mm. those podcasters out there who ever think about taking the holiday season off, just think you could get sick and then have to take another week. And then in three weeks, everyone's going to forget you. Like everyone's going to forget who we are. They're going to clamp. What's that? Yep. Right. So thank That's you. everyone who came back and, and actually started listening again. Um, and I want to especially thank our Patreon supporters uh, the F clamp levels get their special shout out. Brent Jarvis from clean cut woodworking, Vincent Ferrari from digitally creative Scott Orm from daddy yourself, DIY Joe Herdina, Lawrence from maritime knife supply, rich from low and design and David Wood from DW wood builds. I want to thank all of them over the break. We got a couple of new patrons and I want to shout them out. Uh, we got uh, Jay Z and Daniel from just might DIY and Brad Harrison from, uh, Brad's underscore customs on Instagram. So thank you very much for you guys joining us. If anyone wants to get access to our pre-show and after show, as well as a special leather keychain made by yours truly, and they're in the other room currently drying, uh, you can go to patreoncom slash clamp and sign up there. If you can't support us financially, I completely understand you can, uh, instead, just share the show, write a review, or do anything else, uh, even just listen. We appreciate that very much. And with that, on to Clamp Mendations. Clamp Mendations! Uh, my Clamp Mendation this week, I know that I've Clamp Mendated Mighty Car Mods before, but they put out a video recently because they've been on YouTube for 15 years now, and it's the, they call it The Real Story Behind Mighty, Mighty Car Mods. And honestly, like if you were into content creation at all, it is an amazing video to go see. Like they purposely have yeah. built a studio because they both um, they both work in the music industry of making okay. music for movies and TV shows and stuff. That's the, where they first started. That was their background. So they purposely have made in their entire like YouTube studio, and then upstairs is like their recording studio. And it was so interesting to for them to go through and talk about like all the camera they started, camera gear they started with, and where they're at now, where the money comes from now, and and what they do in their full process. And it was very interesting. Like it gave me a whole new, um, what's the word? Like appreciation for what they do. Mm-hmm. Like they are a full production company, just the two of them. And it and it's was very a very interesting video. So, yeah, I I didn't know this, but Moog, who he does all the music for the YouTube channels, every single piece of music that has ever been in one of their videos is recorded for that video. Like they oh, have wow. never used any music that's not their own. That's wild. Crazy. Yeah, wild. 
It take it, they like he said they said something about it. it takes like two days or something to record, and then like four days to edit, and then another four days just for the music, and then another like that. It's crazy. <laughs> the effort they put into their videos is is really good. Well, it seems to have been paying off for them, but uh, oh, for sure, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're they're one of the largest uh, YouTube. They've also been doing a long time, so it's good to see them kind of. No, I mean, they've been on the, 15 years, so. Right. It's almost as long as yeah. YouTube's been around. Right? Yeah. Like as a content creation thing. Because they were, they were around before thing. you could make money from YouTube. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I still remember when you would get a viral video and YouTube would just send you a check. You didn't have any monetization status. You, didn't, you just got a yeah. check for having a viral video. Unlike the South Park episode. You would just get a, you just, yep, you, you made a viral video because a buddy of mine got, you know, had a semi viral video and got like a $38 check. But that was a long time ago. Right. Hey, it was $38 you didn't expect to get. Um, I'm going to recommend everyone check out a social media that is not monetizable. So a lot of people look at like, YouTube, Instagram, and all that, and they just look at how can I make money from this. And I often look at this place called Imager, or Imger, depending on who you ask. And if you ask the people who started it, it's Imager. Um, But if you look, yeah, I uh, I I I like that site because it is. If you just look at the new posts, um, you can you can sort by like their most viral by newest. So I like chronological order stuff. Um, and other than like the ridiculous amount of ads that they have, there is no way to monetize uh, your, your your topics there, and you're really only ever going to get uh, you know good stuff goes to the top. It seems uh, other than politics stuff, but we won't get into that. You can filter that out if you want, but I, I like it. Uh, I also. If people have been following me for a while, they might have noticed that I've recently had a couple of viral things on different platforms like TikTok, uh, Instagram, Facebook, and and Imgur. Different things have been gone viral, and Imgur is the only one where if somebody says something negative, they get downvoted. They get, you know, like if they say something like about how I've swung my hammer, it, you know, and you need a purse. It's the only place where people come to my defense. Uh, Facebook, everyone jumps on and goes, yeah, he does. <laughs> I'm like, anyways, it's the only place that I feel like pretty confident that if I make it to the front page, I will not be blasted with negativity. Unlike Facebook or Instagram, which, yeah. Anyways, go check them out. Jesse. So my recommendation for this week will be uh, Barbarian, which is a horror movie because I only watch horror movies <laughs> pretty much. But yeah, if, if you haven't seen it, go in blind. Don't read anything about it. Just watch it. It is one of the most unsettling, tense, crazy Mr. X that I've seen in a long time. And it was very fun, very well paced, good gore. Good sets. Yeah, it was great all around. I highly recommend it to anyone that likes horror movies, that likes thrillers. Yeah, a lot of fun. It, 
Where 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 can people see it now? So I think that it's on so it's on Shutter, I'm pretty sure. And I think that you can either watch it for free on Amazon Prime or rent it on there. Okay. Interesting. All right. Well, I will probably not see that because I'm I don't know. The only horror I like, I like dystopian um like futures. And I like zombie movies, which are basically dystopian presents, right? Like, like I like Mad Have Max is one of my favorite movies in the world, and like any anything zombie. Have you seen a Train to Busan? Is that the the Korean? Yes, that's my so, favorite zombie movie. I haven't watched it yet. I almost did, um, and then there was, I think there was like a sequel coming out. And oh, I saw like I when I, know. yeah, there's, I think there's a sequel to it now with the, it happening in a school. And I just remember going like, oh, I, if there's a sequel, I want to watch the sequel right away. And then I didn't watch it. And then it fell off the radar and then I canceled Netflix. So well, I highly recommend it. They are the scariest damn zombies. They move so fast. And like as oh. a single organism, it's so scary. That does sound scary. I don't know if I like that. I, 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 I like slow-moving zombies because I feel like I could get away. Like I feel like yeah. th- when I think about zombie movies, I think like the whole time I think like ah, I can do that. I don't want a movie where it's like oh no, I'm all we're all dead. Like uh, twenty-eight days later, the fast zombies, mm-hmm. no. Resident Evil, no thanks. Right. The only zombie movie I like is Shaun of the Dead. Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> that amazing. is a very good one. <laughs> yeah. All right. So for those who don't know, Adam likes to do slang of the week. It is a thing that we started with Aussie slang of the week, and then we moved on to slang from anywhere in the world. If you have some good slang words, send them directly to Adam, and he will ask uh, me and Jesse from now on, and if we ever have a a guest, them as well. But the slang of the week. Yeah. Um, So a few of the slangs we've had recently are from Carter, the Carter Shed. Oh. And um, so he he messaged me, you know, saying Happy New Year, all that sort of stuff. And he said that he doesn't know how Ben thought that Doric was from um, what's he call it? But he said it's for it's a rural dialect from northeast Scotland. Yes, it's a Scottish yeah. dialect. So we have a another uh, Doric word, and that is bossy. Bosie? Boss? B-O-S-I-E. B-O-S-I-E. Okay. Yes. And, and how do you, and you, there needs to be a sentence because it's in a, it's another language. Uh, I could use it in a sentence. All right. Come here and give me a bossy. Bosie. Oh. A kiss? I'm going to say Bosie. I think it's Bosie. A kiss. Interesting. Yeah, I'm voting for kiss. I'm going to say it's like a beer. No, Jesse's actually the closest. It is a right. cuddle. Oh, oh, a cuddle. Okay. <laughs> a cuddle. Oh. Interesting stuff. Well, thank you very much, uh, Carter, from your shed. Uh, I want to thank <laughs> TF Turning for the theme song. And you know what? Now we have a new host. We should probably get a new theme song. So, uh, Tim, you gotta, you gotta. I know you're never gonna listen to this, but in case you do. Contact us. Uh, and I want to thank, obviously, Jesse for joining Clamp. Um, 
for anyone who doesn't know where to find you, what's the best place to look? Uh, well, on social media, the only place I really post is on Instagram. You can find me at Jesse Rapfink on there. And then, of course, on Instructables, uh, yeah, just search for Jesse Rapfink and I will probably come up. <laughs> right. And in the after show, I'm going to ask Jesse why she used the name Ratfink and what Ratfink really means. So you got to join Patreon to find out what Ratfink really means. And uh, yeah, I remember so, this from last time. Right. I think <laughs> we never I got think into I did it, it though. I don't think we got into it though, but now we're really going to no. get into it because now, now it matters. Um, <laughs> and now I have a lot more investigating that I've done. So. You gotta wait. Uh, so, anyways, thank you so much for for everyone for listening. Thank you, you know, happy New Year to everyone. Uh, it's our first episode of twenty twenty three. I look forward to all the episodes we're gonna have. Um, you know, we don't ask for this very often, but if you have any topic ideas that you want to hear us talk about, hit us up. We're we're open to hearing things. We've got a lot. We've got a big long list, but uh, it is always if you're like me. Uh, you're always happy to get some sort of outside influence that spurs you into action. And uh, yeah, so hit us up and uh, yeah, thank you. And we'll see you guys in the after show. See you. Bye. Yeah. Okay. Oh my gosh. Good stuff that be. <laughs> we lost Grant. <laughs> oh my god. I don't know what happened, but I just started choking. Um so making it's been your life. That's awesome. I'm sorry. Oh my god. Okay, reset. Well, that's amazing to hear. This is going to sound horrible when Adam edits it all together.